Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm the Glasgow Comets outfielder, John McKellar. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. How are you doing, Jason? It's been a wee while since we've had a chance to speak to each other. Um, I finished the second part of Saeed's sit-down with us uh, last night. Obviously, you weren't able to make it along, as the listeners will figure out. Um, you were a wee bit under the weather. How are you feeling now, man? Uh, feeling better uh, than I was, that's for sure. I'm uh, yeah, glad to be on the air and feeling better, let's put it that awesome, way. Awesome, man. It's great to hear from you. And uh, as I mentioned, part two of Aside is coming up just uh, in just a little while on the show. We had uh, recorded it as the three of us together, um, but the gremlins uh, struck again and there was glitches that caused the audio overlap that was just a complete mess so I had to <laughs> redo it again and it was just bad timing with you falling a wee bit ill um, I think it's turned out pretty well and I'm looking forward to the listeners getting a chance to hear part 2 where Saeed and I delve into a shared passion of ours, uh, video games and particularly an emphasis on baseball video games. Before we uh, get to that, let's talk about Major League Baseball. Since we last convened to chat on the show Major League Baseball is back. Uh, how excited are you? Like uh, my team may not be a fantastic, but there's baseball on the television. Yeah, um, I've been growing in excitement more and more and more. Sort of the last few days before opening day with the Garrett Cole's Yankee debut coming up and stuff like that. Um, and he has been so far uh, everything that was advertised, <laughs> and I don't even think he's kind of hit his stride yet. Uh, Aaron Judge has been absolutely outstanding. It's good to see him healthy and hitting again. Um, he, uh, Gary Sanchez is struggling quite a bit, um, but DJ LeMahieu, the guy just hits and hits and hits. Overall, very excited and I'm very happy with where my team is at the moment. Um, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, you know what? It's like, talk to me in two years and we should have a pretty good team yeah. there. It's a bunch of young guys out there. They're just kind of getting their feet wet. Uh, Kyle Lewis has been better than advertised. He's due for some major regression soon, but you know what? I'm going to enjoy him while I exactly, man. But we have hockey now, so watch out. You We're do. <laughs> what do you think of the Seattle Kraken? What do you think of the name and the logos? I am a crackhead, and I can't wait to go visit the crack den. <laughs> um, Seattle getting an NHL team, I think, is great. Um, I don't particularly like the name, and I certainly don't like the logo in the jerseys, um, but it's great to see Hawkins. Whoa, blasphemy. What? What's what's wrong with the logo and the name and the jerseys? It They're awesome. It looks like something that a 12-year-old created in a video game, uh, if you ask me. Oh. But, uh, you know, I'd, to be fair, the Sonics had one of the greatest uh, logos in the history of basketball. So, But, um, yeah, are you going to be following this Kraken when they kick off? I will give it a year. Uh, I don't know much about hockey, right. so I'm going to do my best. I got a buddy here that's a Vancouver Canucks fan. So we're we're already kind of giving each other a bit of banter about it. Uh, I, I I just quote Slapshot pretty much. And that's all I know <laughs> it must be it must be tough for people in Seattle who already have a team that they follow and root for, to now have to sort of make a decision of do I continue to root for my guys or do I abandon them and become a member in my local team uh, or my local fan base. Um, so interesting times ahead for hockey. Uh, let's move back from hockey to baseball. We uh, popped a wee poll on the Ball Caps and Bagpipes Twitter page, which is at Caps and Pipes. Uh, we do encourage you to fire as a follow and uh, chat with us. Um, the question basically was, 
Do you think we'll get the 2020 Major League Baseball season in? I have to say I would agree with the 75% of those who voted on the poll who said no, there won't be a season. Uh, let's read out a few of the replies that we got on Twitter to that. Baseball Scott at Baseball Scott on Twitter said, uh, starting it was a pretty irresponsible idea, Kevin, how much of a mess America is in. Uh, certainly referencing the spikes that have happened in a lot of hot spots, many of which have uh, are home to major league teams. Um, Raiders Baseball from Enfield, Connecticut, they have uh, said, have faith, fellas, let's go, Mets. Uh, certainly uh, rooting for the Mets requires a, a large amount of faith these days. Um, so Raiders uh, over in Connecticut, I don't know um, whether Connecticut is one of those kind of areas that have seen a spike, but they seem pretty optimistic. Um, Colorado Rockies UK um, on Twitter, it's at Rockies underscore UK, says, uh, I think they're so desperate they'll find a way unless half the teams all have outbreaks. Um, the Ministry of Baseball, um, at, min, at Min of Baseball on Twitter says uh, I'm 50-50 I think it would take half of either the AL or NL being out due to COVID but the odds on that happening I think are like I said 50-50 Kudels on Twitter at Kudeldrum says uh, Logic tells me no Manfred's track record tells me it'll take a player dying for him to take it seriously um, <laughs> I don't know if it would go that far but I don't have a lot of faith in Rob Manfred to do the right thing at the right time um, Molly at Baseball Mall on Twitter said, I was about to ask the same question. Already said once that I'll eat a sock if we actually get to the playoffs. To which you, I think, brilliantly responded, being that we are a Scottish podcast, we demand that said sock be deep fried. And uh, I couldn't agree more with you there, Jason. Um, Tony Menendez uh, at Tony Menendez21 on Twitter says, Baseball in 2020, and then it's a gif of a rather precarious looking tightrope walker. Um, and I think that sums it up as well. Extra Base Brit, Extra Base Brit on Twitter, uh, just posted a gif of Colin Farrell shrugging, um, which again uh, is quite apt. Uh, we kind of haven't known in the lead up to things starting whether we were going to have a season at all. Um, now that things have started, we still kind of are no closer to knowing for sure um, how much of the season we're going to get in and uh, to what extent we're going to be able to finish this thing. Um, but like you said earlier, it's great in the meantime to have baseball back on TV. And uh, it was great watching Garrett Cole's uh, first start as a Yankee at Yankee Stadium the other day. That was that was pretty great. But anyway, uh, let's uh, move on to part two of our sit-down with Saeed. Uh, when I say our sit-down, I mean part two is me and Saeed. Well, <laughs> these were pre-recorded uh, at different times, just to break the fourth wall a wee bit, or smash it down, as it were. Um, thank you so much to those who responded to the poll, and thanks uh, doubly to those who replied and took the time to share their thoughts with us. Um, I think the general consensus uh, among listeners is exactly the same as both you and I. I initially thought we're going to get the season in and it'll be fine, um, but I think... There's been more COVID positives than we would have expected since the season started. Um, and unless the players and teams really start to get their act together and, and take it more seriously, the protocols, we're going to continue to see this. And eventually there's going to be no choice but to shut it down because the safety of the players needs to be paramount. Um, but let's move on to Saeed, Jason, uh, and we'll come back with a close afterwards. Hey guys, it's John here with my ex-Comets teammate, Saeed Dickey. 
please be sure to check out part one of our chat with Said uh, from last last episode. He told uh, the fantastic and fascinating story about his baseball journey um, growing up uh, in the Middle East, discovering the game in America through family. Uh, you got the itch to play during a trip to Japan and then started playing in the Baseball Scotland National League a few years back. Yeah, that's right. So it was just a case of, um, you know, watching on TV and, and playing over with families just casually. Um, and then it was that trip in Japan where I was sort of watching a casual game by folk that realized, you know what, I, I want to try this at home. So that, that was most, that was mostly it. Yeah, that was a great chat. And I want to thank you again for coming on for that. Please, listeners, do give that a, a listen and a download I'll let you kind of share all the rest of that good stuff. This week, Said and I are, it's just us two. There's no Jason on this uh, segment. He is under the weather. Um, and I'll catch up with him in a day or two to sort of bookend this section with our usual open and close. Uh, so it's just Said and I. We're going to talk about video games, a shared passion of ours, uh, more particularly baseball games. But Said, you are quite the collector of video games and consoles how many uh, consoles and games did you say you have at this point oh um at the top of my head would that would be famicom super nintendo uh n64 dreamcast ps1 2 3 4 xbox uh, i want to say at least over 10 at this point yeah uh i started off sort of collecting games when i first got um my N64. Prior to that, I just had a, an NES, and yeah, it's been quite the the hobby since. You know, just playing video games and appreciating um, all the different types of games that are available. So, roughly, how many video games would you say you have in your collection at the moment in total? Wow, um, if it spans all consoles, I want to say at least a hundred. Um, I'm not 100% sure of the, the figure at the top of my head, but I know for a certain it's definitely over 100. Uh, I'm, I've, I have this all cataloged in a, in a book somewhere, and I should really have a number of it, but I do not at the top of my head. But it's definitely over 100 if it's spanning over um, 10 consoles, and yeah, a lot. Nice one. What's your favorite console? Ooh, tough one. Um, for nostalgic reasons, probably the N64, because that was the one I sort of played a lot with when I was during uh, my teens, uh, going into the early days of, of college. But recently, I, I came to appreciate the Dreamcast a lot more, mostly because it's got such a such a great library of games, and uh, it's it covers all the bases, ranging from you know great sports games to to fun platformers and uh yeah it's it's for me i i've been going back to playing a lot of dreamcast games lately it's a console i never really picked up um i can't honestly say that i've ever even played a dreamcast mm. um no i don't think so, so. i did play a little bit of n64 uh, my favorite n64 game is uh, star wars shadows of the empire Oh, that was um, a great game. I, th I, th I thought that was tremendous. Um, never really got into GoldenEye or bought into the hype of that game. Um, and I did play one of the All-Star Baseball games years later. I think it was All-Star Baseball 99, mm -hmm. maybe 2000. Um, but that was like way, way years after I had started playing the All-Star Baseball games. Um, mm -hmm. I was I was very much a Mega Drive guy when I was younger and growing up. Uh, I was a late adopter of the PlayStation 1. 
uh, had the Mega Drive until 1998. <laughs> I really, I love that console so much. Um, Mega Drive has got so many good um, titles on it, and it had quite a long lifespan too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it had an unusually long lifespan for a, a games console. You know, considering mm-hmm. it came around around the same time as the NES, um, and you know, it lasted the NES, the SNES, and the Super uh, the N64. So yeah. you know, the Mega Drive outspanned three Nintendo consoles. Yeah, quite, that's quite right. Just for a V sixteen bit machine. Yeah, um, the library of games was just so vast and so varied. Uh, there were good ones and there were some not so good ones, but a lot of the best games I played growing up were were Mega Drive games, and certainly the the best memories I have as a child of playing games, uh, including crap ones like Batman Forever. Uh, those were <laughs> the the bad games do have a bit of charm to them. You you kind of look at it from a sort of uh, timepiece aspect and realize, oh, I see what they were trying to do here. It just didn't work. So yeah, they got a bit of charm to them. Um, and Sega also had this sort of weird idea of trying different things, whether it was using CDs for a Sega CD add-on, and then they <laughs> added another one with a 32X add-on. Um, and yeah, those things never worked. So it, it always felt like they tried to put that machine on, on live support every year, but it stood the test of time. I mean, people still play uh, the Mega Drive or the Genesis um, till this day. And uh, it's again, it's got a great library to it. Definitely. Um, were you a Nintendo or Sega guy growing up, or was you? You pretty much started playing video games with the, with the the N sixty four, right? Growing up, I I had a Game Boy, so that was sort of my first official sort of gaming device. I never really had a console until I was in high school, but I had a Game Boy uh, growing up as a kid. And growing up, um, I sort of had access to the family sort of, um, it was sort of like a, you know, one of those bootleg consoles. It was mostly an NES, but it had like sort of 50 games in one kind of things. Um, so I, I I was, you know, it's got Mario and Tetris and all that stuff on it. So it was NES and uh, Game Boy growing up. So you could say I was a Nintendo um boy growing up but the thing is that i was always curious about sega like uh i used to remember my friend growing up in primary school he had the game gear and i had the game boy and we would always like whenever we meet up just switch so i would give him my bag of games he come he gives me his and we just like i would be fascinated with the color screen you know or playing sonic on the go and he would be fascinated because the game boy had all the games that he never got to try um but growing up yeah it was nintendo mostly Awesome. Uh, I was a big Sonic the Hedgehog guy growing up. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, one of my very favourite games. Um, yes, so good. One of the best sequels I think ever made. Um, yeah. I, I did play NES uh, very, very young. That was the first console I played. Um, mm. But as soon as I got my hands on the Mega Drive, I think I pretty much became a Sega guy until 98 when I became very much a Sony PlayStation guy. Um, mm-hmm. What about that kind of era? Uh, which do you prefer, Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, tough because while I grew up or I grew up playing the N64 around that time and obviously wasting many weekends playing games like Perfect Dark and GoldenEye and uh, um, Congress Bad Fur Day and stuff like that, the PlayStation 1 had the most buzz when I was at school. So, you know, like when if you if you consider um, the games that were on the PlayStation 1, there were there were some big hitters there. You know, Gran Turismo was one. I remember the um, a WWF SmackDown game or SmackDown 2, I think it was. 
yeah, SmackDown, Know Your Role, I think, the one on the PlayStation. Yeah, there were some big hitters on the PlayStation that I missed out. Um, but I think for me growing up, uh, yeah, the N64 was was the, the one I would side with mostly because, yeah, it, it was just fun to play a lot of those games and try them out and, and, and you know, see how sort of different it was to the PlayStation, you know. Okay, so you didn't really you didn't really adopt the PlayStation or Xbox. You kind of stuck with the N sixty four through that first kind of period. Yeah, it wasn't until I think about two thousand and two or three that I then went over to Sony with a Sony PlayStation two. All right, um, okay, no worries. Uh, yeah, because that way they would be able to. It was backwards compatible at that time too, so I was able to yeah. pick up a lot of the PlayStation games I grew up uh, wanting to try out, and I was able to try it on the PlayStation two. That's fair. That's fair enough. Now you mentioned the. Uh, the, the great game SmackDown 2 and all your role for the PlayStation. Yes. Did you play any of those legendary WWF or WCW games on the NC, N64 back in the day? Numerous times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, they were so much fun. Um, I remember me and uh, my friend would stay up all night. He had like a cheat cartridge and we would right. like create custom characters. This was, um, I think the game I'm talking about is WWF WrestleMania 2000. Right, um, okay. That was the one where we would stay up all night and we would create, like you could create custom characters as well as uh, custom pay-per-views. So you could have like an event and we would have endless uh endless fun times just playing those two like challenging each other trying out different characters and stuff like that um then the same happened when no mercy came out of course um and um yeah we also tried i think it was wcw versus nwo it was world tour because that was the first one and then you had revenge we perhaps we skipped that one and went straight to uh wrestlemania 2000 but it was wcw versus nwo world tour um that we also played as well WCW versus NW World Tour was a kick-ass game, man. Yeah, yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah. That that mechanics for for that wrestling game it was just damn near perfect. Yeah. I preferred it much more than the um, is it the WWF Warzone and the uh, ECW one. Yeah. Uh, the acclaim the acclaim ones were not great at all, man. Uh, WWF attitude was slightly better than Warzone. Um, okay, but it was still that weird sort of. It's almost like they were trying to make it like a Mortal Kombat type of thing. Oh yeah, um, but it was. It was very slow and clunky. You know, Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat works with the old button combinations and button bashing because it's a proper beat-em-up. It's fast-paced. It's, you know, it's like, oh, shit, I need to hurry up and do this. But, like, those those acclaimed WWF games were just so slow and clunky. And uh, mm-hmm. Warzone especially was pretty terrible. You couldn't even select your own opponent. You oh, wow. You'd pick a wrestler and then it would just randomise your opponent and shit. And there weren't too oh. many modes. There was, like, a, a half-baked story mode. Um, right. But yeah, the, the WWF games really took off on PlayStation with SmackDown. Um, mm-hmm. And yep. they had a really good run of quite a few that were just outstanding. Um, apart from Just Bring It, which was pretty, pretty terrible. But um, Was the one after that, um, uh, sort of what was it, SmackDown Shut Your Mouth, I think it was right. called? Yeah, well, yeah back, that back one was, was a much better improvement. Yeah, Definitely, back in the days when they would uh, name all the games after The Rock's quotes, regardless of... <laughs> Ridiculous, they might sound as uh, video game titles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We with that, we with that pattern, obviously, with, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling game ever made. Here comes the pain. Um, yes, yes, that's which one. Just kicked ass. Um, but yeah, to move on from that, um, you said you you adopted PlayStation Two. Uh, mm-hmm. What were your favorite games from that console? 
Uh, Sons of Liberty was the one that struck, struck out in my head. Uh, Resident Evil 4. Um, MLB Slugfest 2004, which is something we'll discuss a little bit later on with regards to baseball games. I used to play that a lot. Those are probably the big two, was, was Metal Gear and um, Resident Evil 4 were the big two that stuck out in my head. Yeah, Sons of Liberty, in my opinion, a masterpiece. One of the greatest games ever made. Um, yeah. I remember, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the story about how I ended up playing that for three straight weeks. Um, oh, wow. I, was, I was in school uh, two days before the release. It was March 6th, 2002. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I was in PE. Guy in front, a guy in front of me in, in PE does a, a somersault off a trampette, lands perfectly. And I just, mm-hmm. for some reason, thought, I'm going to do that. Despite having absolutely no agility or like athletic ability whatsoever, uh, so I attempted a somersault off a trampette and landed neck first on the hardwood floor, um, and kind of oh. it jarred a, it really it kind of jarred the muscle in my lower back to the point that I was struggling to walk. Um, so I ended up getting taken to the hospital, uh, and I just I wasn't able to walk properly for about two or three weeks afterwards. Uh, while this kind of I don't know, while I had to rest this this back injury, so I ended up. Two days later, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty was coming out in PlayStation 2 and it'd be pre-ordered for me by my mum. Uh, so right. I've just been able to play that for like two or three straight weeks. <laughs> oh, man. And that would be uninterrupted too because exactly. you obviously had to recover. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to do anything. I, I could just stay on the couch and play it nonstop. Um, <laughs> how good that was for my long-term health, who knows, but uh, I enjoyed it at the time. Uh, did you play Sneak Eater? Uh, yes, yes, I did actually. Yeah, and I remember that being such a different game from two because of the whole aspect of, um, you know, being in the jungle. And I remember you had to eat stuff in order to regain health, or you change them. That was completely different to the way two was. Um, and the boss battles were so memorable Indeed, in the third yeah. uh, Sneak Eater. Yes. Yeah, I remember fighting the end one morning before college. Um, and it took about an hour and a half. I was trying to just kind of do it. It was my first playthrough, and I didn't know like that this was such a long battle. So it was like probably, I would say I started at about quarter to seven-ish. Mm-hmm. And didn't finish until about just after eight. And I uh, had to run out of the house to get the bus to college and go bridge for, uh, for nine, obviously. It was just mm-hmm. start at nine o'clock. That was fun. <laughs> oh, man. But... Um, Moving on from there, uh, the next generation would have been PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Did you stick with the PlayStation or did you did you switch sides back then? At that point, where was I? So this would have been around 2004, 5, 6. I would have been going into university. Um, I think the first one I got was the Wii. And then I picked up, uh, that was the only sort of generation where I had all three. Um, at that point, I was uh, sort of young student blowing his loan money on stuff <laughs> so uh yeah i remember i first got the wii i remember lining up for that getting that on launch um and then it was the 360 um and then followed by that it was ps3 for metal gear 4 that's yeah. in that order yeah i remember <laughs> that um at which point uh, during this period of time that we've covered do you realize this is becoming an obsession and that you're collecting these <laughs> to the point that you need to catalog them. Uh, at which point, it would... point did you go from being a, a, an avid gamer to a pretty serious collector who, you know, takes it pretty seriously? Uh, I, I would say it was probably my second or third year of university, mostly because I was running 
out of room to to put them all, and I was con- going to IKEA considering shelves. That was that was the first time. So was you're like um, interested in shelves? You know, you think, oh, you're an adult now, and realize no, it's just because you have boxes lying around, and you know, you want to put them on shelves. So it was probably around then. <laughs> um, the other thing I remembered was that at that time, I guess video games for a lot of the um, games that I was grew up on a lot of those games around that time were still reasonably priced because the under the idea was was that people who grew up on the Super Nintendo and N64 era um, they were at, at that point be able to have the spending money to rebuy the old game so at that point they were still reasonably okay um, collecting now compared to then is a lot more difficult because these games are not that easier to find and when they are they tend to be quite unnecessarily high priced um but at that point like you know it was a case of when you would go to game station which no longer exists they would have bargain bins of the previous gen stuff and i used to remember n64 carts would be you know five pounds a piece in a bin you know and in the back of the shop so you'd rummage through and you'd be able to get like 10 great games for you know less price of what it'd be for a full one full price um so yeah, I'd say it was during uni times, especially with how, um, you know, I I, <laughs> I didn't sort of um, have this sort of idea of, of going out a lot when I was at uni, so I tended to just waste my loan money on textbooks and video games. I don't how, I don't think you can call it wasted money. I think you've, you've made <laughs> the right choice there, <laughs> but I might be biased. <laughs> as, as someone myself who tends to, you know throw every spare penny I have at video games as well so um, let's talk about baseball video games what was the first mm-hmm. baseball video game you ever played first baseball video game I ever played I wanted to say it was baseball stars 2 but I can't confirm because um, when I grew up I used to remember there were Neo Geo arcade machines all over airports and arcades and restaurants growing up and um, these Neo Geo machines, they would not have just have one game. They would have multiple games on it. Like there would be a football one. There would be a baseball one. There'd be a sort of fighting one. And you got to choose which game you got and then select it. So growing up, I do remember seeing Baseball Stars 2 in these machines and playing. I remember putting a coin in and playing one just to try it because it looked pretty. It's such a, I think it's the best looking um, sort of retro kind of baseball game. Uh, in my opinion. And I think that may have been the first one. Um, then later on, when I got back into baseball um, in 2013, I got into sort of Bad News Baseball, which was an NES game uh, that John Nelson told me about. And I got hooked back into that. Um, but yeah, it would be Baseball Stars 2. And then maybe after that, I remember getting a copy of um, Baseball on the Game Boy from a Dixon's. Are Dixon's still around? I think so. And they were having it for 19, 19, 19 pounds, 99 pence discounted. I thought, I'll get this. And uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a good game. It wasn't a good baseball game at all. But uh, I do remember playing it in the summers when I was over here in Scotland. So what was the, what was the problem with that one? Was it just junk controls or the graphics were shit? What was the problem? It's just the pitching is too slow, um, and when the pitching too slow, it just doesn't it doesn't make it for a fun game. Um, coupled with that, a lot of the hitting mechanisms doesn't hit on quite straight. You know, if you try to anticipate pitches and they're too slow, and you swing at it, you sometimes I feel like the game is flawed. Where um, if you hit a ball and then you convince that the ball was was going to sort of 
go fair, um, sort of between past the infielders and just before the outfielders. It just for some strange reason it would be a caught fly. You know, um, it's not. I don't think it's a game that's aged well. Maybe for its time, uh, it was perfect for a handheld device, but. Now I think there's there's a lot more better retro games have come out, especially with the case of how a lot of NES games and Super Nintendo games can be portable if you've built your own device or using you know emulators and stuff like that. Um, and also it had that problem where if you, you moved one outfielder, you moved them all kind of thing. So uh, yeah. yeah, with those kind of restrictions, it doesn't make for a good game. Um, there I think there were better baseball games on the on the Game Boy, but I don't know for for that even that like device playing sports games now any sports games it just doesn't work out um nba live 96 is not great on it that was another one i picked up and yeah i don't think sports games on the game boy has aged very well i don't think that sports games from the 90s have aged particularly well as a whole particularly Hmm. playstation one sports games uh i remember how utterly amazing nhl 99 and like nba live 98 used to be um, but yeah. like you look back now, or you play it now, and they're just so clunky, and the, the, the graphics are, are almost an eyesore. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Try to play hockey on PlayStation One, and it's just—it's like stabbing yourself in the eye with needles. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not a pleasant thing to look at at all. Um, the one thing that's really disappointing um, is when they've sort of obviously paid um, the companies paid a lot of money to sort of feature a, a, a predominant player, you know, on the cover, and you get hyped up to thinking, oh yeah, so I'm gonna get to play this, this this character in the game or this sorry this player in the game, and then you boot up the game and it the, it looks nothing like them, you know, it's just pixelated yeah. mess. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um... Did you did you ever play the All Star Baseball series? Obviously, you had the N sixty four. Did you play any of those games at the time? Uh, no, I did not at that time. The only ones I played were sort of arcadey ones like MLB um, Slugfest. I remember that one as uh, around that era. PS two, I think it was also out on original Xbox and GameCube. Um, that was the only one I ever played, and I enjoyed it too because it was. Um, it was kind of a lighthearted baseball game that sort of added arcade elements to it. It was made by the same company that um, did Mortal Kombat Midway. Right. So if you put in sort of like cheat codes, um, you could play a scorpion, for example. You can bat. <laughs> and he's got his big sword with him. So that, that was an interesting uh, gaming experience. And yeah, the game is, is it's not so much a simulation. It's more of an arcade because there are elements in it. Um, elements in the game, I mean, where you definitely can't do um in real life for example if you're sort of a if you are a batter you made a hit and you're on base say on second base and the sort of infielders got the ball you can punch the base um the infield the second baseman if you're on second base you can punch him and if he drops the ball and lets it roll you can then steal to go to third it's stuff like that which makes the game quite fun especially when you're playing on a couch with your friend he's like hey what the hell but yeah so it's kind of like um, a baseball equivalent of the classic NHL hits or NFL blitz game. Yeah. Kind of like outlaw baseball kind of thing. That That's it. That's it. And I think it was red card for the football one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome, man. Um, let's talk about MLB The Show then. Have you yep. been a fan of the MLB The Show series? Absolutely impressed with it. Absolutely impressed with how much year after year they've put a lot of work into it. Um, the realism—it's—it's it's insane. 
it's so real that every time my wife comes in, she's convinced it's a, it's the way it's presented on tel- on on the game. It's it's like a real kind of game, it's like as in played live, you yeah. know, with its presentation and the sort of commentating and things like that. It's um, so funny you should say that. I remember years ago I was playing MLB The Show 09, which was the mm-hmm. first one in the series that I picked up. I got it in like a bargain bin in Bell's Hill for almost nothing, I don't think, that whoever it was nice. that had traded it in realised exactly what they had. Um but I was playing MLB The Show 09 and in franchise mode and my brother, who was living in my, my room at the time, uh, mm-hmm. came in and was like, is it not a bit early for the Yankees to be playing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is, this is a video game. Um, so even back then in the PlayStation 3 era, uh, the graphics, I think, in MLB The Show are head and shoulders above the graphics in you know, any other sports game every year. Uh, just also, like you say, the different features that they work so hard to put in every year some of them yeah. aren't always really immediately noticeable but mm-hmm. you know it's such a deep and satisfying video game you've got like the arcade side of things mm-hmm. also you can play it in a simulation fashion and to such a deep level that it's uh, it's it's unput downable <laughs> every year for, for for weeks and weeks at a time um such great games and one of the best sports series that i've ever become involved uh, with playing um, this year's game, when it was launched, I felt could have been the best the best baseball game ever made, but then they had to go and ruin it with a patch that destroyed fielding. Um, oh no! And while while they have fixed it, um, I've I've just had a bit of a sour taste in my mouth ever since, uh, mm-hmm. and have kind of moved on to other things. But uh, MLB the show most years, uh, more or less every year, it's such a great game. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, uh, why don't we cover top fives? Um, I'm going to ask you what your top five uh, baseball video games are. Baseball, yeah. baseball, I think, is a game that lends itself uniquely to being made into a video game. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to make a, a football game or uh, even a hockey game or many other sports, like racing games and stuff like that. Baseball mm-hmm. has so many wee intricacies that you know, it's it's easy to make a baseball game fun, but mm-hmm. with all the different wee rules and intricacies of baseball, you can really make a baseball game such a, a deep and immersive experience when you yeah. do right. So let's talk about those five games uh, that you feel have either been the most fun to play from an arcade standpoint or the mm-hmm. ones that you've lost weeks to playing kind of your season modes and stuff like that. Oh yeah, of course, definitely. Um, so top five games, right? So the first one I've already mentioned was Baseball Stars Two um, on Neo Geo, uh, which is I think by far the most well polished um, sort of retro game. I think it came out in the early to mid nineties, and it blends perfectly the sort of idea of uh, an arcade baseball game with the feel of the ballpark. That's what I love about it. Um, you know, the cover of it is of a guy, of a, ba- a batter chewing gum and, and blowing a, a bubble gum. Uh, it looks, it looks, it looks like a game that doesn't take itself seriously. But then when you get into how you know playing the game, it's got so much depth. It's got stats. It's got stellar graphics. The pitching in it is is sophisticated too, um, and it's got uh, elements in the uh, NES version where you are able to um, create teams and buy and sell players, which for its time NES was uh, a crazy idea given that, you know, back then there weren't much games with uh, saving capabilities and, and memory space. So you either got the game 
or you, you got the game and that was it. You know, you didn't have the idea of customizing anything. Um, so baseballs and baseball stars and baseball stars two probably, I think is my number one choice. Second would be uh, bad boy, uh, bad news baseball, just because uh, it's a fun game to play on the NES again. Um, it's yeah, it's just good fun. I think the uh, graphics are, are quite nice and if it doesn't have the same depth as baseball stars two have, but you know, I think what's great about it is it's casual um, couch multiplayer. You know, uh, I played it once with Chris Young uh, last year, possibly the year before, actually, and it's just a good laugh because, uh, yeah, it things happen in the game, and you know, you, there's quirks in it. I, I think it's good. Uh, third one on that would be the. Here's an interesting one, actually. The Mario Superstar um, Baseball on GameCube. Have you ever tried that one? I have not, no. Um, is that yeah. a fun game to play? Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's, again, it's it's not sort of um, simulation baseball, but what it is is that it's a twist on the sports games that, you know, that, that's available on Nintendo platforms, except it's got Mario characters, and each character has their own stats, and when they are sort of assigned into a team with a sort of rival character, then there's all of, sort of this weird chemistry where they sometimes get along or they don't get along, and that may result in more errors and stuff like that. So that's that's the interesting part I've, I've heard was that aside from, you know, there's a lot more mini games and stuff like that to it, I liked how there was sort of like this um, player connectivity ratings and stuff like that um, that was available in the game. So that's worth checking out. I love playing that one. Uh, four would probably be uh, MLB, the show. One I played is 16. To be fair, all the MLB show games are great. Um, you can't go wrong with any. But um, the one thing I've noticed is, for me personally was the difference in everything from MLB, the show 14 to 16. 14 was the first one I played. Then I moved over to 16. Actually, or was it 18? What was the one with Aaron Judge? Was that 18 or 16? Oh, that was MLB The Show 18, yeah. My mistake then. I was meaning 18. Yeah, the difference between um, 14 and 18 is crazy, whether it's down to the presentation or even how deep the uh, road to the show is, which is the one I, I usually play. I like taking my guide down from AA to AAA to Major League. And the difference between like what you could do with your player in 18 to 14 is is, is insane. You know, San Diego studio, they always change the game in a good way and improve on, on their product year after year after year. Um, so yeah, shout out to MLB, the show 18, but in, in my opinion, they're all really good games. You can't go wrong with any of them. Um, sure. and the last one, I think I'm going to say is Ken Griffey juniors presents major league baseball in the super Nintendo. Awesome. Um, yeah. That for me is perhaps the um, best baseball game on the Super Nintendo, mostly because of how refined it is. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., of course, at the time, Mariners face of the uh, Mariners, as well as that as the face of um, Nintendo, Nintendo sports games. And uh, I think he got two games on the Super Nintendo and two games on the N64. And uh, some of them have been hit, some of them have been misses. Um, with regards to the Super Nintendo, the second game called uh, Winning Run, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Winning Run, they tried this strange 3D, 2D aspect of the game, which I guess kind of looked good at the time, but doesn't feel right. Um, but they they definitely improved on the um, aspects of the baseball games that they created on the NES, Nintendo created on the NES, and developed um, 
Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball, which is, is just a great game. Uh, looks great too. Uh, and the other unrelated, the other uh, Ken Griffey Jr. games on the N64 were also pretty good. Um, they're worth checking out too. Slugfest particularly is 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 a sort of improvement on the first one, uh, which is Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. I wish they, they did a better job at um, naming these games like more sort of uniquely, but yeah. <laughs> and those are, those are the games that sort of Nights Out 5 that come on to the top of my head. Great, man. Now, we know you recently picked up MVP Baseball 2005 on PS2. Did you get yes. to check it out yet? Yes, I did. Very, very impressive. Yeah. Um, especially for a game coming out in, was it 2000? Yeah, it was 2005. I was so impressed with how um, sort of detailed that game was, you know, for a PS2 gen. And it looks great. I think it still looked good. I was able to pick up a PC version uh, of the game. Right. And... Uh, yeah, it was just absolutely incredible with how, you know, the game didn't feel dated at all. And um, the mechanics of it is just straight up pick up and play. I was using a sort of PS4 controller that hook that I use a cable to hook it up to the PC. And um, yeah, it worked really, really well. And the surprising thing is, is that um, the game is still um, modded till this day. Uh, you've got a lot of... Uh, like fans of the games who have modded it to update the seasons to Major League Baseball, as well as a lot of the sort of Latin... Uh, baseball uh, leagues. I know that definitely the Cuban League is there and all the others. And it's impressive to see how much support this game still has till this day. That's excellent. Um, it's like the Baseball Championship Manager 02. <laughs> yeah. um, is, the, is the game as ridiculously easy in console version or PC version as it was on PSP? Um, within about mm. within about a week, I was it was getting ridiculous to the point where I was I wasn't enjoying it anymore. It's just so damn easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember I played a uh, sort of friendly between um, the Tigers and the Mariners uh, last week. And um, at times I felt like there was like after maybe the, the sort of third or fourth at bat, you started to figure out exactly, you know, what were the best ways to you, to hit the ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is with the fielding as well, it's like I'm still impressed with how smooth the sort of fielding mechanics work for a game that was made in 2005, um, whether it was a case of just, you know, pushing the buttons on the uh, right side of the controller to throw it to each base, and it was super quick and responsive. I got the impression that I would have probably found it a lot easier the more I played into it. Um, but uh, yeah, it, for, for the first couple of um, innings, it was it did seem like it was a little bit um, easy to figure out, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of happy when, you know, sort of the traditionally games start off easy and then they sort of rack up the uh, the difficulty so perhaps if i was into uh, playing a, a season then yeah. you know it could get difficult as the season progressed um if my experience on the psp version is anything to go by then that's not the case oh really okay <laughs> one, thing, one thing i absolutely loved about mvp baseball 2005 is the soundtrack the soundtrack mm. amazing um but to move on from that uh I'll quickly give a top five and then we'll talk about uh, what you're playing now. Um, mm-hmm. My top five in no particular order would be MLB, probably MLB 09 The Show, mm-hmm. All-Star Baseball 2004, which I think is my all-time favourite video game, uh, baseball video game. Shout out to uh, Comets original Xander Harrison, who I know is a big fan <laughs> of that game. Uh, I, love yes. that yes. I love that series and as I've said many times on uh, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast and I've said it on a few other shows that Jason and I have been on. Um, mm-hmm. All-Star Baseball 2002 is basically responsible for me becoming a baseball fan. Uh, Amazing. Was that. 
Um, so was the one that Xander played? Um, was that that was on the PlayStation Two? What one was 2, that? Yeah. Two, right? Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, the series debuted on N sixty four. That's why I asked earlier if uh, if you played oh, yeah. those ones. Um, didn't play any of the N sixty four ones until years later. Kind of a re- retro, kind of actively played it. Um, another mm-hmm. one that I adore is um, VR Baseball on PlayStation One. VR Baseball ninety nine. It's not a particularly good game mechanically. It's sort of all over the place. It's a PlayStation One sports game. We covered it, um, but it does a great job of kind of emulating the experience of the ballpark in much the same way as baseball stars that you mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get heckled when you're at the plate, and the organ music is on and stuff like that. Um, and for a PlayStation One game as well, they they did put a lot of effort into the design of the ballparks and stuff like that and the uniforms. Uh, I just, I've always had a soft spot for that. Um, MVP Baseball 2005 um, was a great game to kind of pick up and play when I was on the go when I had the PSP back in the day. So that would be on the list. And finally, I would say Out of the Park Baseball. Um, Mm, That series was great. Um, I'm a big football manager guy. So when I discovered that there was a baseball version, I was all over it. my favourite edition of that's probably out of the park, sixteen, um, from mm-hmm. two thousand fifteen. Uh, but that would be my quick top five. Uh, moving on to the kind of end of this part of the the show, and Saeed, I want to once again thank you for the the time you've given this. Uh, obviously, over the two parts, or to <laughs> really, it was three. <laughs> we had uh, <laughs> recorded this part of the uh, sit down and uh, this episode uh, already, but. Mm-hmm. Um, technical issues got in the way so thank you so much for giving us a wee bit more of your time and sort of trying to pump this 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 version of the the, the second part out um what are you playing these days uh, and on what consoles uh currently i'm going through uh the last of us part two on playstation 4 uh i've been playing the sort of first i think i'm coming up to the end of the first uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles game on the nes uh, my sort of ex comets player Umer Din gave yeah. me his copy before he had to move uh, to Minnesota. So I've been meaning to to try that game. I I played it when I was young and I just never got back to it. Um, so I, I think I'm coming up to the end of that. And there is one more at the top of my head, uh, but I can't remember. Uh, possibly it's another um, NES title. Uh, it, I think it's called um, uh, is it Captain Supasa's uh, Striker Two? It's a sort of sports soccer in this case uh rpg game um but yeah that's that's on the back burner i don't think i've had played that one in a while um yeah, those think, are the two i think the last of us part two looks like a bit of a grind i haven't got it yet uh, mm-hmm. i will play it eventually but it looks like quite a lengthy grind of a game it's not a game that you can just kind of it's not like a resident evil that you're going to finish in two or three hours like, oh yeah 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 that's the What's thing with the, games nowadays that it's uh it's it feels like it's always a grind, yeah. especially given how open world and side quests and all that stuff that's available. Yeah, they seem be a, a lot of developers seem to think that sixty pounds worth of game is like a hundred and twenty hours worth. Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't always necessarily the case. Um, you know, a, a great story with with really good controls, um, and obviously nice graphics, uh, but mm-hmm. more so just an, an engaging story with a game that's addictive to play uh yeah. really all that i tend to look for i'm more of a story guy i don't like the obsession with uh with open world i don't like the way the assassin's creed series has done that 
Yeah. I, I really loved the first few games where it was the you know the XL games. There's an element of open world, but it's a smaller sandbox, and you've got like each each kind of game had a city that you would you know have kind of free reign in for the most part, but it was still linear and told a, that's right told a kind of story in a linear fashion. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, you find that 120 hour games about 60 percent of that is grinding out collectibles and stuff like that that aren't really necessary a lot yeah. of it is just completely useless stuff that isn't necessary and um it just I, I find that if they were to cut all that crap out and just work more on you know releasing games that function properly on release and have an engaging story and you know ideally you know unique and new characters each time instead of churning out sequel after sequel after sequel to Already overrate, overrated and uh, overdone recipes. Um, that would be a lot better, but absolutely, that's not what makes money these days, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's true. Yeah, but is the Last of Us two worth the hype? Would you say? Uh, it starts off strong. Definitely starts off strong, and um, I love the world that you're in, uh, especially contextually. How you know we're all sort of going through this uh the pandemic at the moment it it's kind of eerie to feel that in the story as well with regards to sort of people who are infected and things like that there's a (laughs) bit of a correlation but i love what they've done um especially the journey if you're looking for a sort of a good story i I, you can't go wrong with the first two games last of us one and two you know heavy story and it's really really captivating i really enjoyed the story of the last of us part one i didn't enjoy Mm -hmm. playing it too much um it wasn't a game that I played through and really, really enjoyed playing. Uh, I enjoyed the story immensely, um, but I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I just didn't. It didn't click with me from a gameplay standpoint. I mean, I was, it wasn't a game that I would play multiple times over, like the Metal Gear series. Like it was a one-time playthrough for me. I might play through it one more time before I get a hold of the, the second game, just to get me ready. But yeah, over, slightly overrated, I think, um, from that standpoint. The first, mm. the first game, at least, I haven't, as I say, played the second one. Um, mm-hmm. Did you play the Resident Evil 3 remake? Uh, no, I have not. But I uh, started the second one. Uh, I think it was just when when the lockdown happens. That would be back in March. Yeah. Um, and then I completely messed up the beginning part, so I had to restart. <laughs> and I was like, I never went back to it. But it, it's absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil 2 was the first Resident Evil game that I played, again, growing up yeah. uh, on PC. And to see that all done completely differently from scratch, it's it's, it's like playing a different game. Yeah, much like it's what incredible. I hear they've done with the Final Fantasy VII remake. My brother mm-hmm. says much the yeah. same. It's the same game, but with so many new elements that it almost isn't. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there, Said. Thank you so much again for joining us over these two sit-downs, uh, or three, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> Um, no problem at all. Thanks for having me, buddy. It's been great chatting with you, and I'll hopefully see you again, brother. All right. Absolutely, man. Take care. Thanks, man. So, again, that was my ex Comets teammate, Comets original, Saeed Dickey. Uh, thank you so much again to Saeed for joining us, and a very special thanks to Saeed for joining me last night as we record this. Uh, this is the 6th of August, um, and he joined me last night to redo the second part after we had some technical difficulties uh, with the first attempt. Um, it was great chatting with Saeed. Uh, I think his baseball story was very unique uh, and very fascinating to listen to. 
and uh, getting a chance to chat about video games with him, which is a shared passion of his and mine, was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, certainly, as I mentioned at the end of the last uh, episode, I wish him all the best with whatever he decides to do uh, from a baseball standpoint moving forward, whether it be in Edinburgh or otherwise. Let's move to the close, Jason. Uh, what do you have through Bubba on Baseball for this day in baseball history? So today, uh, you had the first Latin American player voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So that was Roberto Clemente. Um, and the, the funny, not the funny thing, uh, the interesting fact about this one is Roberto had died previously on uh, December 31st on a plane crash giving supplies to Nicaragua. I want to believe, I want to say that's where I was there. And uh, they waived the normal five-year uh, wait period of being elected in the Hall of Fame just for him. Awesome. And I don't think there's anyone who deserves that honour more than Roberto Clemente, a famously humane and compassionate guy. Uh, the Roberto Clemente, of course, uh, award is named for Roberto and uh, is specifically given out to Ball players who make a difference not only on the field but in their communities. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a humanitarian award. Yeah, uh, named after a guy who I think was undoubtedly a great humanitarian. Um, Bubble on baseball can be found where on the web? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Instagram's for choice, and of course, you can find my shop at dugoutclassics.com and all the social media. Yeah, awesome. Um, do you have anything new in with the Dugout Classics? Anything interesting you want to plug? Not yet. We'll wait till next week. Uh, there, there's definitely a surprise in the pipeline, and we'll, we'll announce it more in the next recording there, but right now it's under wraps. Oof, quite a tease there. <laughs> Be sure not to miss that one, listeners, and find out what uh, what Jason has up his sleeve, if you will. <laughs> yes, um, uh, one of my many sleeves, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, you can catch the podcast online at sanker.fm slash caps and pipes if you want to go to the Anchor homepage. You can find the show by searching ball caps and bagpipes on any of your uh, favourite podcast platforms. Um, check us out on Twitter, it's at caps and pipes. And uh, you can find myself at John Caps Pipes on Twitter. Uh, we have a couple of ideas in the pipeline um, that we're looking to, you know, explore with regards to, ex- you know, expanding the show. Um, but we'll get into that more in the next uh, couple of weeks when we've uh, made a decision on it and uh, have some progress to, to tell you about. That is more or less it. Jason, from me, is there anything else you want to add today? No, that's it. we got some exciting news coming for Dugout Classics uh, in the coming weeks there. I just got off uh, a video chat. Uh, and it's very exciting. It's definitely another UK first, European first. Uh, yeah. I think people will be really interested in it. Brilliant. Um, let's go Yankees. <laughs> I thought, Bobby, what happened to Bobby Vinia? <laughs> Still love Bobby, but Yankee baseball's back. <laughs> Fair enough. 